WABC. One man has a talk show on 77 WABC, and that man's name is... It's Dominic Carter. I am him. And with us now, Dominic Carter. Nice to be with you, Dominic. It gets better. You need to talk to Dominic Carter. It's about to go down. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. On Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning, good morning, good morning. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. We have a lot to get to. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed out of the fourth Republican debate. Ramaswazi started with so much promise. I thought this guy was different and special in debate number one. And by the conclusion of debate number four, he may have actually ended his own presidential campaign. Chris Christie, whatever you may think of Christie, Christie put him in his place. Four debates in, I'm still waiting to see that Ron DeSantis magic. I told you folks, out of Florida, he was untested. And now that we see DeSantis on a national stage, he's going to remain in Florida. Nikki Haley came under attack from her rivals early uh, in the debate, and that is a sign of her growing momentum. A number of you called me the last time and told me she's not going anywhere and on and on and on. And I said, look out for her. She's rising. And so she's still far behind Donald Trump. But uh, you could tell that she relished the moment uh, at the uh, debate. And I wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't be surprised if she was number two on a Trump ticket. Mayor Adams approval rating drops to 28%, the lowest ever recorded for a New York sense, a New York mayor, a real sense of worry. Oh, Mr. Mayor, don't you see it? It's clear as day, Mr. Mayor. It's going to come down to you or the migrants. Somebody is going overboard. Rule number one, self Preservation. The Quinnipiac University survey, which quizzed 1,297 registered voters in the city between last Thursday and this past Monday, found 58% of those polled disapprove of the job Adams is doing as the Big Apple's chief executive. And we will continue to focus on the uh, anti Semitism that is occurring here uh, throughout the country in the wake of what is happening in Israel. A billionaire who refused to hire anti-Israel graduates is demanding Ivy League chiefs resign in disgrace for anti-Semitism failures. We're going to go ahead right now, since your calls are coming in, and open up the phone lines, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-WABC. Nine two two two. So just hear me out for a second on this one. On the Democratic side, you have Biden with Kamala Harris. 
a woman of color. What is the best possible way for Trump to possibly offset that? Think about that for a second. And the answer is you need your own magic and you run with a woman of color. I'm telling you, folks, who knows what will happen? Trump may go left and come with somebody out of out of left out of uh, the unknown quantity. Who knows? Don't sleep on Nikki Haley. Don't sleep on her. And so it was interesting to watch the debate. This first clip I want you to listen to, it seems to be the biggest headline out of the debate. Chris Christie explodes at Ramaswazi defending Nikki Haley's intelligence. It's actually come down to that during the debate. And uh, Christie, as you're about to hear, calls Ramaswazi the most obnoxious blowhard in America. We'll never put Ukraine in Russia and then trust Putin not to have a relationship with China. Let me tell you something. That's no that's reasonable. That's not my deal. That's that, not my yeah, deal yes, Chris. it's exactly what I'll, you said. I'll you do this at every debate. I'll just, I'll you exactly say no. no don't interrupt me. I didn't interrupt you. Okay? You tell say this. You, you do this. At, you do this around, at every me. debate. You go out on the stump and you say something. All of us see it on video. We confront you out on the debate stage. You say you didn't say it, and then you back away. And I want to say what I said. I'm not done yet. Well, this is now look. This is nonsense. This is the fourth debate, the fourth debate that you would be voted in the first 20 minutes as the most obnoxious blowhard in America. So shut up for a little while. I'm going to respond to that. I want to say something else. We're now 25 minutes into this debate, and he has insulted Nikki Haley's basic intelligence. Not her positions, her basic intelligence. She doesn't know regions. She wouldn't be able to find something on a map that his three-year-old could find. Look, if you want to disagree on issues, that's fine. And Nikki and I disagree on some issues. But I'll tell you this, I've known her for 12 years, which is longer than he's even started to vote in a Republican primary. And while we disagree about some issues and we disagree about who should be president of the United States, what we don't disagree on is this is a smart, accomplished woman. You should stop insulting her. So I'm going to take this. Well, that's what it sounded like, folks. And the bottom line is this. Ramaswazi, he he appears to be an intelligent guy, uh, you know, Ivy League educated, uh, self-made man. But the guy is unlikable. And the more that we see of him, the more we dislike of him. And maybe you folks can tell me, what is this thing he has locked on to Nikki Haley for every debate and won't let go? He doesn't go after DeSantis as much as he goes after Nikki Haley. At one point during the debate, Ramaswazi was actually booed. When he wrote on a uh, cardboard or a piece of paper and he held up a sign that said Nikki Haley is corrupt. She said that I have a woman problem. Nikki, I don't have a woman problem. You have a corruption problem. And I think that that's what people need to know 
Nikki is corrupt. This is a woman who will send your kids to die so she can buy a bigger house. This is the problem. Using identity politics more effectively than Kamala Harris is a form of intellectual fraud. And it actually needs to end. There's our donor puppet masters wielding their puppet right up here tonight. This is how this game is played. The puppet masters put up their puppet, and I reject the use of identity politics in this party. It has been a cancer coming from the left, and I'm sick and tired of the double standards the people of this country are too. Having two X chromosomes does not immunize okay, you from thank criticism. You. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Governor Hale. Well, Mr. Ramaswazi, if uh, this is the way the game is played, you are failing terribly at the game. His campaign is over. Long shot at best to begin with, but uh, no one on that stage uh, has a shot at winning the nomination. We already know the genius is Donald Trump. Some of you said, oh, Dominic, it's disgraceful that Trump is not going to be at the debates. It was the smartest thing to man. Now, look, I'm, I'm making this comment based on winning and losing. And frankly, in the world of politics, that's the only thing that counts, winning and losing. Trump was a genius when he said, why am I going to stand here with these losers for two hours and debate? What, what do oh, I'm going to lend my stature to them? I don't think so. It was genius. The debate started out with um, Governor DeSantis and uh, his campaign. You know, Nikki Haley has surpassed him. Uh, the, the debate started out with uh, Governor DeSantis facing a question about why he is not resonating. In fact, Nikki Haley is beating you in New Hampshire and South Carolina now and closing in on you in Iowa. Not to mention Trump, who is not only dominating in the early states, but is beating you in Florida by over 30 points. Is it fair to say, as Senator Tim Scott did when he dropped out, that voters are telling you not no, but not now? So we have a great uh, idea in America that the voters actually make these decisions, not pundits or pollsters. Uh, I'm sick of hearing about these polls because I remember those polls in November of 2022. They said there was going to be a big red wave. It was going to be monumental. And that crashed and burned. The one place it didn't crash and burn was in the state of Florida. They weren't predicting to, uh, that I would win the way I did. And I won the greatest Republican victory in the history of the state of Florida. I'm looking forward to, to Iowa and New Hampshire. The voters are going to be able to speak. And we're going to earn this nomination. All right, folks, let's start with your telephone calls. Uh, you know, down the road, I wish Governor DeSantis well, but um, it's not going to be this presidential race. It's just not going to happen. Again, I told you folks that he was untested on a national stage, and when he's up there, he looks almost like a, a, a deer in headlights, almost like he just doesn't belong on the stage, when, of course, based on his record, he does. He's just somebody maybe he needs to go to um, he needs some media training, perhaps. I know that may sound cruel, but but the reality is it's just not resonating for him. Let's start with your telephone call. Sandra in New Jersey. Good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good, no, good morning, Dominic. I, I agree with everything you said. Trump is is the one, and I and I pray that he is our next president. But I looked I looked at everyone tonight, 
I have to tell you one thing that made me kind of laugh. Not well when Chris Christie went after Vivek. Do you know that Vivek had a stunned look on his face at first? He was stunned. He just didn't know how to respond to that attack. But then he got back at Chris Christie when he started to interrupt Vivek when he was talking. He gave it right back. So he's quick on his feet. Now, look, if if we didn't have uh, Donald Trump as our choice and we had to settle for another one of these people, maybe, I would say the two that I thought did the best was I hate to say it, Ron DeSantis and Vivek. The other two, Chris Christie, I think there's something pathologically wrong with him to have such a continual need to attack Trump. It's already sickening, pathological, and, and he really should have got off the stage like Vivek said to do. And, 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 and Haley, I don't know. I just can't trust her. I'm sorry. Well, so that's it, how I feel. That, as it relates to uh, Christie, clearly it's personal between him and Trump. And we may not ever know what what really is the source of the bad blood. I don't know if it's because Trump has said because he wouldn't give Christie a job in the administration. I don't know. Maybe that's it. But clearly yeah. it's it's personal between those two. But it's enough already, don't you think, Dominic? It's like overdone, overkill, and it's almost well, like— it, it depends. It, it's all in the eyes of the beholder. If 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 uh, if if Christie started this campaign with the belief of if I do nothing else, I'm going to take him down. Then Christie feels that he's winning. I mean, I agree with you that it's it's a bit much. But you know, I I would love to be a fly on the wall in a room between a private conversation between the two of those. Did you catch the line, Sandra? When Ramaswazi tried to um, tried to diss uh, Christie, when he said, and he did it in a subtle way, he said, "Relax, go have a meal." Did you catch that? I oh oh, I certainly did catch that. It, you know, and Christie Christie was smart. He didn't he didn't take the bait. He didn't take the bait. He didn't respond. Uh, he didn't respond at all at all. So what what did you make? Well, we got a lot of calls, but what did you make of the overall debate? I, I enjoyed watching this whole thing because they may not become the president, but they're going to be something somewhere. So I just like to get to know people that are interested in being involved in our country. So I enjoyed it. I did. Well, thank you, Sandra, and have a, uh, a very good morning. Let's go to Luciano in Pennsylvania. Good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Thank you for taking my call. I'm a Hispanic. I like, you know why that uh, Nikki Haley's from India. Her parents are from India and that Swami guy's from India and he resents her being a Christian, uh, Indian Christian, and he's still Hindu. So that both parents are born and raised in India. That's why he's attacking her. And I, I like Nikki Haley as vice president because uh, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's why he's attacking her. It, it, the issue has come up, but go ahead, go ahead, continue. I think she could draw in the, the Christian Southern vote and the uh, evangelical Southern vote because she was governor of South Carolina and Donald Trump could hold his nose and, and have her as vice president. Right. But but with Trump, we all know he's his own man. And, you know, God only knows what he's going to do. Only one person knows what he may do as far as his number two. And we'll see. Luciano in Pennsylvania, thank you for the call. Dave and Comac, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hey, Dominic, how are you? I'm good. Go right ahead, please. Uh, he couldn't pay me enough to vote for Trump. I, that's just not going to happen. And I wouldn't vote for uh, for any of the other ones that are in the debate either. 
Okay, and why not? Because I don't like what's going on. I don't like that I heard in Yahoo that Trump uh, uh, revisiting this nonsense about uh, uh, improving the health care. He had four years to do that. Biden, the same thing. It's all lip service. And as far as the other comment you made about erroneous Adams a few minutes ago, and I got to add this thing about the Governor Hochul, between the two of them, congestion pricing, this is a disaster. There is no place for congestion pricing in New York. Wait till you see what we're going to be paying for goods when those trucks come from through Manhattan to come to Long Island. This is nonsense. This doesn't belong here. There needs to be a federal audit of the MTA to stop this nonsense. When I was on the trains over the summer, half the time they weren't checking tickets on the way home back to Long Island. Uh, half the time the bathrooms on the trains, uh, there's no soap. There's no running water. The hand dryer doesn't work. Soap. 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 Dave, that's a luxury, my friend. Soap. Are you kidding me you, with you, COVID? You, you, want, be, you, uh, want, you want soap? You want soap on an LIRR train? I do. You're, you're lucky, you're lucky that, if you can lock the door on the bathroom, and you're lucky if you can flush the toilet. Well, that's soap. true. But, but you know what, Dominic? In the overnight hours, when you go out on Friday and Saturday night, and, and, and you're coming back from Penn Station, and you're stuck standing for two hours waiting for a train because these morons running Penn Station won't let you use the bathrooms. There's nowhere to sit down. And this is who you want to give congestion pricing to. And what about the two slashings early this morning in Brooklyn, right? You mean to tell me that's all of a sudden going to go away because they're going to congestion pricing come January? Are you joking? I don't see anything changing with the MTA. There needs to be a federal audit. And if Governor Hochul won't do it, then Governor Hoko needs to be impeached. She needs to be out of here, like yesterday. I, I, I was amazed. I, 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 I was literally standing there with my mouth wide open, Dave, that Governor Hoko would use her political capital to have a rally uh, calling for congestion pricing. This has got to be the dumbest idea ever. Right up there with letting the migrants come into the city of you New York. You know what I call her? Hopeless Hokel and Eric Adams, erroneous Adams. The two of them, they just go along with whatever the other says. I, I, I am so sick and tired. So sick and tired, Dave. And th- thank you for the call. Thank you for the call very much. Uh, I, I, I don't understand your point, Dave, about the Trump factor. But okay, we, we can agree to disagree. With the MTA... Remember, I told you this, folks, when I'm dead and gone and probably when you're dead and gone, the MTA is going after every executive has a car and all the other uh, amenities that they may want forever, forever, ever, ever, ever. The MTA is going to say we need more money. We need more money. We need more money. Let's try this. Do with what you have. How about that? Do with what you have. Oh, well, we have to repair the tracks. We have to get more trains. We need this. We need that. Well, why don't you start by some belt-tightening measures to show us that you have it in you, and then we'll get to that. So for their incompetence, for their mismanagement, they have the, you know what I wanted to say, but I'm not going to say it. They have the, to charge us more money now to come into Manhattan. And they're telling us, eat it with a smile. Like we're stupid. 
You, you don't think that we know what you're doing, that you're covering the incompetence of the MTA? And, and, and now you want to charge, oh, well, London. This is not London. This is New York. This is New York. The few times that I have been in London, guess what I did, folks? When I found out that I had to pay like $35 to go into the zone, plus a million dollars and my left arm for a rented car, guess what I said? I'm not going into the zone. Now, some people will say, well, that's the whole point, Dominic, to get the traffic to slow down. Yeah, right. We'll see how that works. And two years from now, guess, guess what song is going to be played by the MTA? Two years from now, three years from now, we need more money. Well, wait a minute. You, you just got the congestion price. Well, we went through that money. We need more money. More, 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 more. Let's go to Bobby in Jersey City. Good morning, Bobby. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Don, thanks for taking the call. Don, um, you, you referred to uh, why, why Trump doesn't get along with Christie. I, I remember hearing a while back that uh, Christie had um, prosecuted Jared Kushner, his son-in-law's right. father. Right, that's well, a, that's a widespread story. That's a widespread story yeah. That, yeah, I'm sure. that, yeah. that Christie, that Christie uh, put Mr. Jared's father uh, in prison. But go, yeah, as, so as he, U.S. attorney, but but I think it goes yeah, beyond that. I think it goes beyond that. Yeah, absolutely. Really the personal thing going on. But Tom, the other thing was was Christie calling Ramaswamy a blowhard. If that ain't the pot calling the kettle black, Tom, <laughs> that guy he rubs me, Tom. I'm a retired fire captain, Tom. He lied to our union, Tom. He, <laughs> he he's dude. And he he let that lady take the the, the rap with that bridge gate. I, I know he's a professional. You know, he's a great speaker as a lawyer. And, and, and But he's just, I just can't stand him. But I'll tell you, you were right before, Dom, by saying Trump should have um, the woman. I can't remember her name right now. I'm having a brain fart. Nikki Haley. She, Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley. She, yeah, she should definitely have her as a running mate, man. It would cover so many bases for him. Right. Now, now, you know, now see, now, I don't know the personal relationship between Trump and Haley. I, I believe it's not good. But but I want yeah. you to I want you to consider this, Bobby. Consider this, please. So, on a debate stage, as we all know, on the uh, on the Democratic side, the number two Kamala Harris actually called Biden a racist to his face over busing, right? And Absolutely. at the end of the day, Team Biden said, "We want to win," and he said, "I yes. can't stand her. We want well, to win." You know what? Um, we 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 yep. need we need that black lady on the ticket. You know, hey hey yep. hey, that black that pretty black lady out of California, put her on the ticket. Send her to all the urban cities. Uh, you know, all, all history making a black woman as vice president of the United States. It worked, and since hey, then, hey, and since yeah. then, is all has gone downhill since then. Hey, Tom, one thing though that that what's his name, Gavin Newsom, man, he's the swarmiest. Oh, I just can't. I've interviewed him. I've interviewed him a few times. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I've interviewed him a few <laughs> times, and, and you know the yeah. most, the most, the, the the best stories I always get right with the candidates or or the politicians mm-hmm. is when it's just me and them off camera. So we're in a commercial break, and we're waiting to come back. That's when, or or right after the show. So that's that's mm-hmm. when Eric Adams told me years ago, right? So we were we were done taping and he said he said, "You know I'm going to be mayor, right?" Mm-hmm. And and I looked at him and I'm like, 
You ain't the first one. The de Blasio told me the same thing. And then I said, but wait a minute. <laughs> he did become mayor. And so Adams did tell me, but 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 with um with uh, Governor Gavin Newsom, he was like making sure his hair was in perfect place uh, in the commercial yeah. break. And I mean, it was like it was like pretty boy central. Bobby, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to do yes, me a sir. favor. I want you to stay on the line. I'm going to go to Russ and White Plains. I'm going to bring both of you guys up together. And, yeah. and Russ, I want you to communicate with Bobby. Bobby to communicate with Russ. Russ, go right ahead. Good morning. Oh, good morning. I'm not sure what to communicate. I like Ramaswamy. He doesn't back down. And uh, I, I'd like to ask my fellow caller if he saw Sean Hannity and what he thought about Sean Hannity asking Trump if he was going to be a dictator. Oh, yeah, I see. Absolutely. I mean, come on. The stuff they're calling him, they're calling him Hitler. We know. We, he already was the president. He was the best president I ever had in my I'm 58 years old. And nobody could shine his shoes. Every, every promise he made, he kept. These people, it's, it's unbelievable. They, they all lie. But Trump, he, he didn't lie. He kept every promise. He's a businessman. He earned his, he earned his where he's at. These other people, they, 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 they never worked hard like Trump did. He's an outstanding uh, man, you know? I don't yeah. know. I don't yeah. Go ahead, bud. Well, I, you know, they call Trump an obnoxious blowhard, but in this country, that seems to be a qualification to lead this country, you know. But, Dominic, I'd like to ask you and, and maybe the other caller, you know, the, there are a lot fewer cops now, and uh, he's going to reduce them. How many fewer murders are there now than there were in 1993? To, to the other, are you the well, fire I'm, captain? I'm, yeah, I'm a fire captain. I'll tell you one thing. He, he, Adams is talking about reducing the number of firemen on, on the rig. They, yeah. they fought hard to get five guys on the pumpers. They fought hard for that, and that makes a big difference in, in, in emergency situations. Yeah. And, and I can't believe uh, Curtis Lee was, was awesome the other day, sticking up for the firemen. He well, had a tremendous rip and lead on uh, Thursday, I think it was. But tremendous. Uh, can I ask you one thing, uh, Captain? What do you think about these lithium batteries? Should they really go after these, or, or, or what? People are going to die, aren't they? It, it, people are dying. It's uh, the warnings every time they have a press conference after every fire. People aren't heeding these warnings, and these, and these knockoffs. They're selling them. They're selling them all over uh, Canal Street, wherever, wherever there's bargain places. They they sell them. People buy them because they're cheap and they're deadly. How many fires have they had that people died because of them? It's, it's a travesty. The, the fire marshals have to get more strict with this stuff. It's real bad. Absolutely, and the firefighters' lives are in danger. But the reason these people drive these is so that people can have deliveries, and those deliveries are destroying the storefronts on the Upper West Side. We should ask Councilwoman Gail Brewer why she wants to put more of these scooters on people's streets or in their homes. Hey, Captain, it was very nice talking to you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, and thank you, Dominic. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Russ. Thank you, Bobby in Jersey City. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Let's go to Larry in Brooklyn. Good morning. Morning, Larry. What's on your mind? Yeah, hi, hi, Dominic. Now, I, I'll tell you something. This is the first thing I ever agreed with Kathy Hochul. I happen to be a commuter, so everybody, you know, everybody does likes their own thing. So I happen to like congestion pricing. I hate pollution. Okay, I hate and I hate congestion. Now, having said that, okay, I agree with you about the MTA though. The MTA, uh, they don't regulate the buses. 
They let, they let that guard down 10 years ago. Mid-level supervision on the buses in Brooklyn. They let people wait in the cold, okay, while they have their luxury cars. You're 100% about, uh, right about that. But there's something else also. These, these stupid bike lanes, okay? If they're, they're worried about too many cars, why are they taking up the street with bike lanes? I That's agree with you on that, Larry. I, 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 agree. Yeah. I think it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my life. They have carved up streets. Right. So, Larry, yeah. I'm going to let you finish. But let, let me just say this. So as a journalist, you know, we have to be able to get around uh, fast to get to a new scene. And so, you know, the shortcuts and one of the shortcuts used to be just hit Ninth Avenue. You can go from 110th all the way downtown to damn near the village in no time. Right. And then they yeah. started carving up the streets. So you literally have streets where this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life where you got to park almost in the middle of the street because there's bike lanes and you might get killed yeah. by a bike or one of these electric bikes. If you don't look, I, I just, I just, I know it started under Bloomberg and I know again, a comparison to, we want to be like the European cities. This is New York. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Go ahead, Larry. Yeah. I, I was under the impression that, well, de Blasio, I think expanded the bike lanes. I went into the city one time. I didn't. I didn't know about these bike lanes. I almost got hit by a bike because they don't feel like they have to come to a stop at a red light like a car does. So you're walking in the intersection, Correct. and they come right. They come right up to your body. Now, this is the worst public public uh, uh, urban planning I ever heard in my life. You have to only cater to one vehicle. It's always been the case that bike bike riders have to take have to beware and they have to take their own chances and everything you cannot cater to more than one vehicle and by the way that goes for these e-bikes also they're going to start riding in the bike lanes too then you're going to see some are they riding in the bike lanes already because i don't even see i don't go to manhattan of course they, they do. really kill of course people they do. you know of by course not they do. of course stop. they do Larry, thank you for the call. I've got to uh, take a break. When we come back, when we come back, that is, we'll continue as it relates to the Republican debate. Mayor Adams, I'm telling you, man, <laughs> wake up. Somebody's going overboard. It's either you or it's the migrants. Now, you decide who's going overboard. Mayor Adams, it's time. I'm telling you as a longtime friend, cut the mayor cool routine. Cut it. Stop it. I know you got an earring. I know you say you're the hip-hop mayor. Cut it with the coolness. Borrow a page from Giuliani. You work hard, right? I won't, I won't take a cheap shot like that, but we got to know that you work hard. Chill with the nightlife. Work hard. Work hard. And, Mr. Mayor, I'm telling you, overboard, that, that horn that they make, the horn is going off. It's either going to be you or it's going to be the migrants. Now, who's going to be left standing? If I were you, I would make sure, because you keep playing to the left. On election night, when, when the election is called and you have lost, the, uh, the left won't be there for you. It will be on with the next mayor. We'll discuss that and anti-Semitism when we come back. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. 
Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at BeatTheStigma.org. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Bruno. He's your numero uno. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. everybody. On Talk Radio 77 WABC. And we are back. The Republican candidates for president debate. Mayor Eric Adams say it ain't so. His approval rating has dropped to 28%, which is the lowest ever recorded for a New York City mayor by Quinnipiac University since they began with Big Apple voters a quarter century ago. During the Chronicles of Dominic Carter, we will break it down. Another story we're dealing with, and we're about to go right back to your telephone calls, a billionaire. Bravo to this billionaire who refused to hire anti-Israel grads, is demanding Ivy League chiefs resign in disgrace for anti-Semitism failures. Billionaire hedge fund manager Bill Ackman is calling for the president's of three prestigious universities to resign in disgrace following how they have handled the protests on uh, campus. And I want you to listen to two things. The first one is a student, a young lady who was Jewish at NYU. She's going, she's going to explain what life has been like for her lately on campus. And then I want you to listen to the Ivy, some of the Ivy League presidents being grilled on Capitol Hill. This is a young lady who happens to be a Jewish American who is studying at NYU. Being a Jew at NYU is walking to class and passing torn and defaced posters of innocent hostages with the words occupier and murderer written across their faces. It is going to Bope's library to study and being interrupted by unauthorized protests where students and faculty call for a globalized intifada revolution an incitement to violence against Jews everywhere, and a call for the annihilation of the Jewish state and my friends and family who live there. Being a Jew at NYU is being surrounded by students and faculty who support the murder and kidnapping of Jews because after all, as they say, resistance is justified when people are occupied. It is being surrounded by social justice warriors and self-proclaimed feminists whose calls for justice end abruptly when the rape victims are Jews. 
Being a Jew at NYU has meant being physically assaulted in NYU's library by a fellow student while I was wearing an American Israeli flag and having my attacker still roam freely throughout the campus. It's not right, and it has to change. Listening to how some of the Ivy League presidents were grilled on Capitol Hill, I honestly felt, folks, like it was the lightning round uh, that I did years ago with uh, most of the politicians that you see today in which I demanded and would only accept a yes or no answer. Today, it's watered down. The politicians don't fear the journalists. They refuse to answer the question. But listen, listen, folks, to how some of the Ivy League presidents got the serious treatment on Capitol Hill. At MIT, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate MIT's code of conduct or rules regarding bullying and harassment, yes or no? If targeted at individuals not making public statements. Yes or no? Calling for the genocide of Jews does have, not constitute bullying and harassment? I have not heard calling for the genocide for Jews on our campus. But you've does heard- calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct, yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So I will ask you one more time. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? Anti-Semitic rhetoric. When it and is it anti-Semitic con- rhetoric? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it crosses into conduct that amounts to bullying, harassment, intimidation, that is actionable conduct, and we do take action. So the answer is yes, that calling for the genocide of Jews violates Harvard Code of Conduct, correct? And keep them on the hot seat. Don't let them hide in their million-dollar offices with their multi-million-dollar salaries and their multi-million-dollar homes paid for by the Ivy League institution. Keep them on the hot seat. And one of them has to walk the plank at these Ivy League institutions. That's how you bring about the change, to stop all of this on-campus anti-Semitism. Make one of them walk the plank and watch and see how fast the others get in line to stop this nonsense. Let's go back to your telephone calls. Let's go to Steve in New Jersey. Good morning, Steve. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hey, Dom, and straight to the point, but I totally agree with what you just said as to as those Ivy Leaguers, okay? But here, in terms of the VP pick, all right, Sarah Palin or Mr. Elder would be excellent picks. Here's why. They meet the criteria. No, they wouldn't. Trump but needs. go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Trump needs someone, uh, number one, who, who who endorses him and his policies. All right. Someone who will have his back, won't be leaking to the press and be on the lookout for people in his administration and in the cabinet who are leaking. Of course, someone who could step up and be president either in 2029 or before. All right. And lastly, a Washington, D.C. outsider, someone the swamp does not like. And I, I understand from what I read in the paper, he's in touch with 
Palin and Elder uh, from time to time. So I think that'd be a great pick. But you, you, you don't agree with me. Go ahead, Don. <laughs> the reason why the reason why I don't, Steve, I I like your arguments. They they make a lot of sense. But why would you reach into the past uh, with voices from yesteryear? to 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 go forward with your campaign. It's already an uphill enough battle to win the presidency. Why would he do that? I see I, I you got to come in at this is my way of looking at Dom. You got to come in at like a bull in a china shop. I know what you're going to say Trump's already like that. You know what? He needs a VP who's going to be like that too. All right. This this where we pick a wishy-washy in between sort of moderate kind of GOP or that's not going to it, it's not going to energize the base number 1, but number 2. All right. When people see that he's going to bring somebody in who's going to who's backing him up and who's serious about following through on these policies and getting draining that swamp once and for all. Right, people are going to stand. I think a lot of those independents who are unhappy now with the way the country's going are going to take notice. And you say, sir. I, I say I respect your point of view. You did a good job of articulating it with Trump. Trump is always Trump. You never know what he's going to do. But but if you but if but if you want to if you want to I, I mean, I would rather see him go with a Tim Scott before going with a Larry Elder or Sarah Palin, Sarah Palin. I why would you put all of your political stock on bringing her back? It, it just it defies logic. But Steve, you know maybe you're right. May I, I can see that you you made a you made a good job of uh, articulating your point. Thank you for the uh, call, Steve. Look forward to chatting with you in the future, Jimmy Staten Island. Good morning. What's on your mind, Jimmy? What's on my mind, Dominic, is my blood pressure. I believe the guy's name is Larry. With the world upside down, on fire, Dominic, if you will. I won't use any profane language, but I may be sounding a little irritated because I'm very irritated. He's worried about pollution and congestion. Why does he walk around with a mask all day or from birth? Why don't he go to the mountains of Utah? Go to the Appalachian Mountains. Don't say you're in favor of this crackpot hokel. I can't afford a dozen eggs. And I can't see how I'm going to put a meal on my table. And this guy's in favor of price congestion. There's enough congestion. And as far as all these freaks that are trying to win a presidency, I haven't watched nor will I insult my intelligence. I don't care. They're all windbags. It goes back to the Bible when Jesus said, don't trust the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Okay? No one is good. They want Trump? So do I. Who he picks? I don't know. I don't care. He's on third, and we're not talking about him, Dominic. I am disgusted with all these people saying, oh, Biden, oh, that the world is on fire. Two world wars, two damn world wars. And whoever doesn't stand with Israel, the nerve, they should watch the video I saw of babies alive and ovens being decapitated with shovels, pigs, pigs raping women on top of a dead father. How dare anyone say that I don't stand with Israel? God sees and waits, but there is a, there are special places in hell for demons such as this. Dominic, I'll always respect you. 
I'll always love you because you shut the ignorance up on your show. And I am proud to know you over 30 years of my life. So God bless you, a blessed Christmas, and a blessed, safe New Year's. And may this demon, this corpse in the White House, along with that Obama and Soros and Sanders, get the hell out! Jimmy, Jimmy, I I got nothing but love for you. Thank you. Uh, Happy holidays for you. Uh, I love a man that can articulate exactly where he is coming from, and Jimmy is right. When it comes to the nonsense, the moment that I hear it, I shut it down. WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. Say it ain't so, Mr. Mayor. Say it ain't so, Mayor Adams. Come on, Mr. Mayor. You're better than this. You are a better politician than this. I know this to be a fact. Who in the hell is advising you? You need to fire all of them and your communications team. New poll shows Mayor Adams' approval rating is down to 28%. Quinnipiac poll, a serious poll released Wednesday. It's the lowest ever recorded for a New York City mayor by the university. The lowest ever. Now, Mr. Adams is dealing with the massive migrant crisis. 65,000 people, I believe, in the care of New York City. The federal campaign probe. And uh, it's a nine-drop point from the already low 37% he racked up in February. And is three points lower than the poll's previous low of 31% recorded by former Mayor Mike Bloomberg in 2003. And so uh, the assistant director at Quinnipiac, Mary Snow, I've known her about 25, 30 years. She's a a good person, a good woman. She says here, and I'm quoting, there is a real sense of worry and voters are not happy. There's no good news for Mayor Adams in this poll. Not only are voters giving him poor grades on the job he's doing at City Hall, their views on his character have dimmed. We all know the problem. So the mayor's only positive rating came from African-American voters, 48% approving of the job he's doing. But even there, 38% give him the thumbs down. Mr. Mayor, whoever, I'm going to say it again, and I'm saying this candidly as a friend, whoever is advising you, fire them. You can still fix the migrant mess. Admit that you made a mistake and that effective immediately New York City is is, is changing course. And and just state, I have been elected to look out for 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 the constituents that are taxpayers. Let the let the left yell and scream all they want to. You know why? Look at you now, Mr. Mayor. Look at what you're going through. Yeah, you're cool and all that, Mayor Hip Hop. But what's going to happen on Election Day, Mr. Mayor? I'm telling you, as a friend, wake up. I'm very good at predicting these things. You should know that. Wake up, Mr. Mayor. You are almost on life support. Period. 
Let's go to Paul in the Bronx. Good morning, Paul. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. I worked with Eric Adams 30-something years ago in the New York City Transit Police, and you're giving him way too much credit. This is a very sick individual. Well, when you say I'm giving him way too much credit, I I mean, he's a very smart politician. I I mean, to rise... To rise from the levels of where he did to becoming mayor of New York City, that's no easy feat. But go ahead, Paul. I I understand that, but he has certain weaknesses, and one of them is he's, uh, I'm not even going to say a racist, race-obsessed to the point of almost being mentally ill, and that's, he's always played the race card, and he caused just unnecessary racial tension within the transit police. I remember walking in one morning in District 1, and we had flyers in our mailboxes from a fictitious white supremacist police organization called the Blue Order. Now, Internal Affairs uh, investigated right away. The FBI got involved. They apparently tr- traced those letters back to Eric Adams' brother's typewriter ribbon in Midtown North, where he was a cop. Well, I, I, I've, I've heard that story before, but I don't, I don't believe there's been any evidence linking him to that. No, it's 30... Pu- 30-something years ago. I, I should have saved uh, my flyer. I gave it into the desk officer, and he bemoaned, oh, you got one too, huh? Yeah, we all got it. No worry, Internal Affairs has been notified. But he got involved. He uh, spent a lot of time disparaging a wonderful woman I worked with, Lizette LeBron, that came forward and exposed the corruption within the Guardians where there was cheating on the sergeant test, where... Uh, Two officers actually got fired. One, Lieutenant Mike Gordon, who was my boss, was an absolute gentleman in a class act. He just did something very stupid. He gave out answers to the sergeant test. He wound up doing time. He wound up uh, spending time in Rikers Island on weekends. And a lot of this had to do with Eric Adams. Eric Adams was out there doing everything in his power to uh, disparage Lizette LeBron, who was a hero and exposed his corruption. He made her out to basically the... She was a spurned lover of Eric Adams, and it wasn't true. You can Google her name. Was that LeBron, Mike Gordon? Yeah, I, I, Eric Adams I, 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 I hear you, Paul. I, I don't know anything about uh, that situation. Again, thank you for the call, Paul. I, I hear you, your point of view. I, I'm just stating that uh, to start from where Mr. Adams started and rise all the way to becoming mayor of New York City is no easy feat. But it, it even it zeroes in even more of why would you risk it all for migrants? I mean, I know why, because somebody on the left told you this is smart. Man, we could ride this all the way to the White House after we go. We go into the White House after Biden, right after Biden. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're a one term mayor. If you continue with these migrants. And then you're going to spend the rest of your life, Mr. Mayor, talking about what could have been, what could have happened. Joe Lindbrook, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hey, Dominic. Uh, maybe I'm a little crazy. Didn't one of your callers just complain about not having soap on the LAR? Yes. Okay. Maybe he should get a clue because let's go back to my day. And I remember you from New York 1. Remember, that we used to have the NYPD, the transit police, and the housing police. And the last call you just had, I agree with him. We need to bring back the old-fashioned transit police to clean up those subways. Okay, but wait, Joe, I'm a little, I'm a little confused. You focused on soap, on soap, 
And then you went to the transit police. The days of transit police coming yeah. back, those days are over. It's a unified, well, a unified police force. Let but me, no, Joe, you got to get to the point that we're limited on time. What's the point you're making about soap? I, I'm not getting it. Well, no. Here's the thing. I, I'm from the job. He's complaining about soap and congestion pricing. But the problem is what the MTA should be focusing on is a crime on the subways. Okay. 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 All right. Okay. But I mean, but but you know, for the money that people were paying, you would expect to have soap to wash your hands. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with that. All right, well, let's let's take Staten Island. Okay, how much the Arizona Bridge now? That's a good I question. I, I think I I think it's like eighteen dollars. I'm not sure. I'm only speculating. Well, when I grew up on Staten Island, all right, it was I I believe back in '74, it was fifty cents. Okay. So, Joe, but I need you to get to the point. We have a lot of calls and we have less than three minutes left. So what is the point you're trying to make? The point is that congestion pricing is stupid. Okay, well, we agree on that. We 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 agree on that. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. And thank you for the call, Joe. Joe, do me a favor. If you could call me tomorrow night or any night next week at the top of the show, at the top of the show. Folks, let me just explain how this works. Once we get to the last 10 minutes I'm looking at the clock because I got to move, 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 move. And I don't have time for folks to pontificate and go on forever. You got to hit it and quit it. You got to get to the point, And that is it. Let's go to Frank in Staten Island. Good morning, Frank. What's on your mind? Hi. Okay. Real fast. I saw the debate. Uh, I was very impressed with Christie. Very impressed. I loved, loved the way he spoke. Loved the way he answered questions and pointed out how the others were not answering direct questions. He put Vivek into his place, and he also mentioned the terrible tariffs that Trump put on China that add to okay, inflation. Okay. So Frank. So Frank, you feel that he was great. Warren and Deposit is questioning why he's even there. I want you two guys to talk live to each other briefly and quickly. We just heard from Frank Warren. Go right ahead on Christie. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, why is he even there? He's only pulling around 4%. There's no chance of him winning at all. He is just there to bash Trump. He has no chance. And you know that. And you should know that as a caller that he has no chance in the debates at all. Frank? I vote for who I want and the person who I think is giving the best ideas and knows how to, how to do the job and has experience in the best resume. I also vote for libertarian candidates, too, who always lose. All right? So I go for the person I want, and not, but not the polls. And who is being polled? Who are the actual humans being polled? The same thing Frank, Frank, all the time? Frank, 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 with much love. Frank, 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 with much love. You got to know Christie has no chance in hell. You have to know. I don't that. care about that. I don't care. Okay, Warren, you have the final word. Thank you, Frank. Go right ahead, Warren. Warren, go right ahead. You have the final word. Christie was just there for show to throw his two cents in about Trump because he's mad at Trump from the first time because Trump didn't take him into his administration. Okay, point, point, well taken. Warren, thank you for that call. Joining me right now, Frank Marano, the other side of Midnight. Good morning to you, sir. Hello, Dominic. What do you have coming up? Well, do you remember what occurred 30 years ago today? 
30 years ago today. 30 years ago today. Doon, 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 doon. You were, I think, probably a pretty integral part of this, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, 30 years ago today was the Long Island Railroad Massacre. Yes, With I Colin Ferguson, it. where yes. he killed six people, yes. uh, injured is he, 19 others. Is he still others. alive? Still alive in prison. And uh, a lot of his victims are not too happy about that. Hey, let me just say this. Um, what's the cop from the... Um from the case in Minneapolis, what's his name? In, Chauvin. Oh, Derek Chauvin. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm, I'm just mentioning Chauvin's name. Didn't something happen recently to the office? This of is true. This is true. And, well, and what's this guy's name? The racist, um, uh, Colin Ferguson. Right, right. I'm just mentioning <laughs> Chauvin. I'm just mentioning Chauvin's name. And I think Chauvin was stabbed uh, 22 times. So. Yeah, this is true. Well, anyway, I am going to be joined by someone that not only covered that as a member of the media at the time. But actually is the man that taught Colin Ferguson how to take the Long Island Railroad. It's a fascinating oh. story that oh. people are not going to believe, but it's oh. 100% true. You know, I think that's everybody's worst fear when you're on a train that somebody Absolutely. like that just opens up. Right. How do you defend against it? You're you don't. trying to go to work. You don't. And you, don't, you never know who's going to be the person to do it. Well, Frank Marano, the other side of Midnight's coming up right after news headlines. I will see you folks in 23 hours.